Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are so grateful for ordering our steps into your house. We feel blessed to be here. Spirit of God, we know you are here. Your power is here. And we can feel your presence. Manifest yourself to us tonight in teaching of your word and in demonstration of your power. We see your glory, O Lord, for that is what determined you said your spirit shall be with us and it will never leave us. We are so thankful. Teach us your word, O oh God. Father, take from us every hard-heartedness in the name of Jesus. Break our hearts tonight. Amen. Set us free from the bondages of the evil one. Set our minds free from every captivity of the enemy. Every stronghold we declare broken over our lives in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you are about to do in our midst tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we take our seats in the presence of God? Amen. Amen. Well, I stand here very privileged and humbled to share the word of God with you this evening. Amen. Uh, I, I believe that the greatest privilege that God will give to anyone is for God to choose the person and say, come and do my work. Amen. Amen. And God is not a, a kind of, he's not a person in the first place. You see, so he's not a kind of person that you can, you can call a koyuko. Knowing who we are and how we, 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 our lives are. Amen. So even if a, a man chose you to work with him, it's a privilege. Amen. And I believe the privilege that God has shown my life is for Reverend to say that uh, Cheney assists me in the church. It's, it's one of the greatest privileges. Because looking at my life, I don't know where I will ever get Reverend to sit with, to talk to, and say, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? It's, it's the greatest privilege. Amen. Amen. Looking at the background, even the, the differences in our growth. Amen. And the wisdom that he has. Um, no, I'm, I'm not near him at all. Amen. Amen. But he has looked upon me with kindness. Amen. Amen. And naturally, that's what it is when uh, God chose you. When God will appoint you, God will use a man. Amen. When Aaron was being selected to assist uh, Moses, it was God who told this, Moses to tell him to join him. When Samuel was being appointed uh, a, a, a pastor or to serve in the house, it was uh, Eli who told him that this is the voice of God. Then again, when you look at the life of 
Elisha and Elijah. God has called Eli- Elisha. You see, but the voice of Elijah, Elisha to obey came through Elisha, Elijah. So whenever God will use you, God will not just... Many, few people have heard the voice of God calling them, come. But God will definitely use a man to say, come. Amen. And whenever somebody has gone out of his way and the way he thinks and say, come, you must value such a person. Amen. And I think we have a great value, a very important person, very anointed person with us in this church, and we need to value him. Amen. Amen. We need to appreciate him, and the things that God is using him to do in our lives. Amen. Many of us, the life we have now is because of his response to if he come here in the first place. Many of us have become better shepherds. Our lives have been transformed. You, you seem to be somebody who knows a lot, but you see that it's true a man. Amen. And such a man, Bible says we need to value them. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, I believe, says that we must love them. Amen. Amen. Love them with passion. Amen. And don't let anybody joke with them. That's why you must be at, at ready at all costs to fight for your shepherd. Amen. Amen. But we are also blessed to have a mother in the house. A mother. You don't, you don't know what it is to have a mother. Amen. Amen. But when your life is going some way, she will just maneuver and make way for you. Amen. And that's who she is. Always making way. And I believe that all the ladies in the church should look up to her, including the men. You all, all of us should look up to her. Because when you see somebody doing something that it doesn't reflect the nature of a human being, you see that God has anointed the person. And you have to do everything that you can to relate with the person where to get whatever is on the person. Amen. So when you see somebody being a good pastor's wife, then you should know that it's an anointing. Because uh, Bishop uh, Apostle Joe explained to us that it is not natural for a woman to share the husband. You see? So when somebody is willing to let the husband go, for the husband to serve God, I think it's very, very important that you know that, ah, this is not human. Amen. But apparently, a lot of things look like, oh, everybody, everybody is doing it, so it's easy. But it's not easy at all. Amen. It's not easy at all. Amen. So see the anointing and go for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Our Father extends his greeting to all of us, his love, and he really wishes he's here, but he's not here. So, again, I'm supposed to tell you what he has taught me. Amen. Uh, How many of you have received a call from him before? And maybe he's giving you uh, something. He will tell you, write this, say this. You can use this to explain it. So that's what I'm going to do. So all that I'm sharing with you, do not think it's from me. You see, if you think like that, you are thinking too high of me. Amen. Amen. But our lives are going to be blessed tonight. Amen. 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 So, uh, we are still studying from this book, uh, Lycus, and I will begin again by saying that this is a very important book for all of us in the church. Amen. Amen. 
And not every company has information, or not every organization has information. Amen. For instance, if you, you go to school in certain part of the continent, you see that not every school has information. Where, and you are supposed to register for an exam and write uh, interna- uh, uh, continental-wise exam. You see that not every school has information. And in the same way, not every church has information. Churches are there, but not every church has this kind of information. And no matter what you have to do to get information, you must try and do it. Because if you are going to write an exam like, uh, which, not, not post, uh, any board exam here, any board exam here, maybe NCLIS or, it is very, very important that you have to know, despite the school that you have attended, whether you go to Lima College, you go to uh, NYU, you go to, is the same for everyone. Everyone is going to be examined based on the same sample of questions. You see? And it will be to your detriment if you do not study well. If you do not search for the information, whether they have taught you or not, they expect you to know. Because you cannot go to the hospital and say that I went to a bronze community, so I don't know this thing. You see? In the same way, when you get to heaven, God expects you to know a lot about your work and a lot about yourself. Amen. So whatever we need to do to get information, we have to do it. And that's why these books must become valuable access to you. Very, very valuable. Amen. It must become, because this is our life. You see, not many churches have this kind of information. And you're doing well, even in the kingdom of God, will depend on how you value this information. Because as it is, we have the book in the house, but we are not reading them. Amen. And so when I was going to write, I believe, uh, Wasi, I was in a school with people that, oh, somebody was coming after me. So they believed that, oh, if not at all, maybe five of us are going to get six for the school. But I realized that, no, my, teacher, my teachers were not giving me enough information. So I, I started hunting for books from other schools. What have you been taught? Electim, uh, maths, where are you? Uh, science, where are you? And I started chasing for information. So on the day of the WASI exam, I realized that, ah, some of the questions, if I should depend on my teacher's note, I would have failed. Though in my school, I'm one of the best students. So when the results came, the person who followed me had three times my results. So if I say three times, you should understand that if I have seven, the person has 21. Do you see? The gap was so wide. Amen. And from there, I take a very great lesson from it that no matter what you do, wherever you are placed, you must try and get the information. Amen. Whether you are, you are placed in uh, Ghana or whether you are placed in America, try and get the information because they, they do not come just like that into people's hands. Amen. And we are blessed to be in a church that have information that can transform our lives. Amen. Somebody was hunting for these books, but church members were not hunting for the book. Amen. So whatsoever we need to do, we must do and get these books and learn the books. The Macarius, everybody must have it. If you do not have it in the church, you are some way. And, and, and it's, it's, not, it's not nice. And we will not allow you in the church to be in the church like that. 
so that when you go and write exam, you spoil the exam for us. Amen. When we go to heaven, everybody is passing exam. Oh, what do you know about how did you use your life as a lay person or ordinary person on earth? Then you are there. Oh, I was also in the church. What, what, what do you mean? We, we do not want you to spoil our record when we get to heaven. Amen. 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 Oh, that was just by the way. I was just trying to, to encourage you to read the book. Amen. Amen. But uh, tonight, I'm going to share from chapter 17. Uh, <laughs> this is a powerful book, so you can take anywhere. Steady it and God will give you understanding. Amen. Chapter 17. Amen. And as you can see, uh, the topic is the example setting ministry of volunteers. Amen. Now, what I will say is that what we do says a lot about us. Our actions and inactions says a lot about us. Despite what you say, do you understand? So what you do, tell people a lot about you or about who you are, despite what you say. Do you see? So what you do affects the life of people more than what you say. You see, and I'll give you an example. If you look currently at the elections, which are a campaign which is going on, you see that everybody, I don't know about you, but I'm so interested in the people uh, I'm, I'm so interested that the candidates will tell me what they have done and the proof of what they have done, not what they are saying. Do you see? And majority of the people too are interested in what these people have done. So when you see uh, Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State, a lot of people are looking at what you have done with your life as the Secretary of State. So you see that the email issues are coming. Some people are also saying that, oh, she has done so well uh, fighting for women, children, all this is accounting. Donald Trump is being praised for the business empire he has built. So you guys, that a lot of people are interested in the work of the people, because what you say, I mean, it's, it's empty words. Do you see? So a, a lot, what we do has a lot to say about who you are. You see, and as a Christian. It's very, very important that your life be, will be an example, not just in saying. Bible says the kingdom of God is not in, in word, but in power. Amen. So what it is is that now we have a lot of Christians who just say, I'm a Christian, but they are not doing anything to show that they are Christians. Do you understand what I'm saying? So everything that you do as a Christian, you should know that people and people are actually looking at you as an example, as somebody they can learn from. Amen. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine before men. So our light is expected to shine. When your light shines, what do they see? They will see your works, not your saying. Amen. So it is very, very important that you take into consideration what you do. Because what you do has a lot to say about us. Just as we are looking at the presidential candidates and we are saying that this person has done this, this person has done this, God and the word are looking at us. And what we are doing, they, are, they can infer from me that this is who you are. Amen. 
the church is filled with people who are hypocritical because we are now embracing what we say. You see, people say, oh, I pray, but they do not pray. People say, oh, I believe in God, but actually they do not believe. Why? Because the, the actions, your action does not infer or confirm what you are saying. Amen. So now the church has become full of hypocrites. And when you are, when you are such a person, eh, you should know that God or Christ coming to the world has fought critically against hypocrites. He really attacked hypocrites. He, he, they were people that he was really against. Because it is a dangerous thing to be a hypocritical person. You can mislead people and you can destroy people. And that's why probably most of us are not powerful. Not powerful as in you have a lot of power. But what you say doesn't carry a lot of effects. Because we say but we do not do. Do you see? We say a lot of things. We talk a lot. Because talking, everybody can talk. Even, even Mickey, Mickey who is there. When we give him the mic, he will talk. But what he will say, probably he cannot do it. He may say hallelujah, but he doesn't probably understand hallelujah. So it is with uh, us Christians. We talk a lot, but we are not doing much to show what we are saying. Amen. And we need to change from that. Amen. Because that's not the nature of God. God, when God came to the God did not just give us promises. He, he did something about the promises. He backed them with words. Amen. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, I believe. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. How do we perceive the love of God? Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Amen. Amen. Let us not even love in word. You see, most often we ask that, show me you love me. But love cannot be shown by words. If you, you, you probably respond a lot to, I love you, I love you, it's not good. Probably a lady, like we always want to hear, I love you. It's not good. Amen. Because it doesn't demonstrate love at all. Bible says, let us love in deed and in truth. Amen. So when God loves us, God did something to us. What did he do? He died for us. Amen. So when you promise somebody that I will call you, make sure that you call the person. You see, when you, call, when you promise somebody I will visit you, make sure you visit the person. Then the person will take you serious. When Jesus came, he, he promised that he is coming to die for us and he died for us. Amen. Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When God loved us, he gave us something. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. Bible says that for when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet by adventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. 
but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. All that I'm saying, I'm not saying that what you say is not important. Because the Bible says that we shall account for every idea whether we, we say. You see, what you say also matters to God and to, to men, of course, because you have to go by your promise. Amen. But, but what you do has more weight. Amen. So you will see that in the case of Donald Trump, he has done some things and he has also said some weird things. Do you see? So he has said things that now is coming against him. So just as Donald Trump will be judged, we are judging Donald Trump by what he has done and what he has said on tapes and this thing. The same way God is going to judge us by both. But what I'm saying is that what you do impacts life or it makes a difference in the life of people more than what you say. Amen. Amen. Let's read the scripture from Hebrews, uh, no, James chapter 2, verse 14. Amen. I want you to understand something, then we'll come to the book. I'm reading from uh, the message version. Bible says, Dear friends, do you think you will get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you, and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talks without God acts is outrageous nonsense. I can really hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I will handle the work department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith, fit to fit together hand in groove. Do I hear you professing you believe in the one and only God? But then, but then observe you, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful. That's great. Demons do that. But what does it do? What does it do them? Use your heads. Do not suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works into two and not end up with a corpse on your hand. Was it your ancestor Abraham made right with God by works when he placed his son Isaac on the sacrificial altar? Isn't it obvious that faith and works are your partners, that faith express itself in works, that the works are works of faith. The full meaning of belief in the scripture sentence, Abraham believed and God was, God was set right with, and was set right with God. Abraham believed God 
and was set right with God, include his ashing. It's that mesh of believing and acting that God Abraham named God's friend. Is, is it not evident that a person is made right with God by sorry is it my writings are small I don't know why I didn't highlight this thing is it not evident that a person is made right with God not by a barren faith but by faith in works the same with Rahab the Jericho harlots was it her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape? That seamless unity of believing and doing what counted with God? The very moment you separate body and spirit, you end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works, and you get the same corpse. Amen. So what the scripture is saying that, do you say you have faith? Hmm? That you say you have faith. But show me your faith, and I will show you my work. Amen. So some of us are trying to show faith by what we say. But faith is actually demonstrated by what? Works. Amen. So he said, show me your faith, and I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. So what we have to understand is that what we say, yes, it does carry weight, but what we do is a proof of what we truly believe in. Not what we say. Amen. So, as Christians, it is very, very important that we demonstrate true example to people, not by just talking. Amen. You see people in church, oh, I believe in God, but there's nothing you are doing to show that you believe in God. Amen. And you are seeing that, you see, you, you fake your spirituality, and you are leading people as, as, uh, astray, not knowing that what you are doing is dangerous. Amen. And we need to change and we need to set true examples. True example is in doing, not in what we say. Amen. So this kind of, oh, I will do this, I will do that. Let us stop in the church. Because it doesn't help anyone. It will not help you yourself. It doesn't help anyone. Amen. So Bishop is saying that the example setting ministry of a volunteer, when you do something in the church as a volunteer, it sets a lot of example and say a lot about you. That's simply what I wanted to explain to you. That what you do in the church says a lot about you. Amen. So tonight, what I'm actually sharing on from this same topic is that Christian qualities demonstrated when you work as a volunteer in the church. The Christian qualities you demonstrate when you work as a volunteer in the church. And all of them are from this book. Amen. Amen. When you work in the church as a volunteer, it demonstrates your zeal for the Lord. Amen. Amen. When you work as a volunteer in the church, it demonstrates your zeal for the Lord. Don't listen to people who say, I have zeal. It's not in words. So let us understand that, that what we do is not in words. Amen. But it is in action. So when somebody wants to demonstrate to you they are zeal for the Lord, tell them to volunteer in the church. Because zeal can come from a lot of sources. One, your zeal can come from money. So like I was explaining the other time, 
if we are paying everybody in the church to work, you will see that the church employment list will be full. Amen. But as at now, it stands that you, you come the way you are. Do whatever you want with your strength and with your money. The people you are visiting, visiting with your money. We see that the employment list is empty. Amen. So money has a way of motivating people to do things. Like when you see, you see the food soldiers, don't, do not think that somebody is campaigning for Trump or Hillary Clinton for free. They all know what they want. And there is an aim. They all have an aim that they are aiming at. Amen. And that serves as a motivation. Amen. So in the church, if you want to see your motivation, it's not that when you do something, we are paying you. If we see Brandy being paid in the church, and he's here every day, then we can say that, ah, because he's paid, that's why he's in the church. But if you want to see Brand, Brandy's zeal for the Lord, see that he's working for God without being paid. Amen. That's how, how come he is. And look, if, if you, 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 you the, what I would say is that one way or one of the spiritual qualities of a Christian who is spiritual is that you have zeal. Amen. If you want to demonstrate that you are spiritual, because, because the Holy Spirit is not a dull person. The Holy Spirit is not somebody who is rest. He is at rest. Amen. He is a moving person. So when the Holy Spirit is on you, you will be moving. Amen. When the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, you will be moving. So you want to show me that you have zeal. Do something in the church without being paid. It's a true demonstration that you have the zeal of the Lord. Amen. So Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Bible says, never be lazy, but work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. Amen. In, in the King James Version, it said, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Amen. So your fervency has a lot to say about your spirituality. Amen. So if you see somebody who is not doing something in the church, probably the person is, doesn't have the spirit of God. Amen. Probably the person doesn't have the spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, they did something. They were going from Jerusalem to Samaria to everywhere. So why that you, when the Holy Spirit is in you, you are not doing anything? And you are telling us you are anointed. You are not anointed for anything. Amen. So when you serve God in the church as a volunteer, it, it shows your zeal for the Lord. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 16, Jehu said to a man that came to him, he said, come and let me show you my zeal for the Lord. And he said, come, let, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him a ride with his chariots. Let's continue. And he came to Samaria and he slew all that remained unto Ahab in Samaria till he had destroyed him according to the saying of the Lord, which is which he spake to Elijah. Amen. So how did he demonstrate his, his zeal of the Lord? By killing all that pertains to Ahab. Somebody who was against God, he destroyed them totally. Probably we have to read from uh, the chapter, uh, verse 1 down. Then you will see that he had destroyed everything that was against God. 
That's what he said. He said, come and see my zeal. You don't see my zeal. Come, let me show you how zealous I am for God. Then he went, destroyed them. When you read down, he destroyed everybody. That was against the uh, prophet of Baal. He destroyed them. He gathered them in a room, put them together, pretend as if he was going to have a party with them. He said, everybody who is of God, please go out. Go out. They said, I, w- I only want to meet the people who worship Baal. And they were happy. Then after that, he said, close the door and kill everyone. No, don't let anybody escape. He killed everyone. And Bible, God was so pleased with him. But one of, one of the things that God said, the Bible said that he did not depart from the sin that Jeroboam has committed and lead Israel astray. You see, so one of the things that we should also be careful is that you may have the zeal of the house or the zeal for God, but you, you do not have it according to knowledge. Amen. Some of us also work so hard in church. We are doing the volunteering in church, but we don't have the zeal of God according to knowledge. What does that mean? You, you are working in church, but you are not securing your salvation by living sin. Amen. So you see that he has worked for God. He has done, has shown so much zeal for God, but he did not demonstrate it according to knowledge, the knowledge of God. That first, your salvation is very important. So you can be in church singing, dancing, doing all the things that we are being encouraged to do, but you do, your salvation is questioned. You are not truly really saved. Amen. And that's, you might, that, that's a very dangerous part of your Christianity. That you are doing the work of God, but you, are, you yourself you are not saved. So the question is, which spirit are you using to do the work? Amen. It's very, very important that if you are doing something in God, secure yourself first. Secure yourself first. Do not try to come here and impress people where you don't have any personal relationship with God. Do not. The Bible says that his judgment will start from his house. Amen. So in demonstration of your zeal by working in the church, make sure you are saved. Make sure you are saved. Make sure you are not surprised on the day of judgment. Make sure you don't miss the will of God for your life, that you shall be saved. Amen. So we are talking about zeal by working for God. So do not change, take attention from your salvation. That, oh, you only come here, midday, I'm here working for God, but you are not saved. You see, we have to renew that aspect of our life. Amen. Amen. Now make sure that your salvation is secured before you, in fact, I would advise you that you make sure you are saved before you do the work of God. Because you will be surprised that God will say, I knew you not. You prophesy in my name, but I don't know you. Because in the first place, we don't have any relationship. Amen. So you have worked for God. You have done everything you could. Because the name of God there is powerful. You have used it to cast out demons and change the life of people, but you yourself, you are not saved. It is a very scary thing. Amen. Amen. So we need to change. Amen. Amen. So Paul wrote to the people uh, of Israel and said, I have a concern for the people of Israel that they should be saved. For they have the zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Romans chapter 10, verse uh, 1. They have the zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They have that. You see, they, they, they were people who were working for God, actually. They will fight anybody at all who rise up against God and the things are of God. You see, but they do not have it according to So all of them were doing all that they could to help the things of God progress. 
but actually they, they are not saved. Amen. And it's a dangerous state that we, of all that is all, all, all that we are saying in the church, you are in the church, you work, and when we get to heaven, we are not seeing you. Mercy. Amen. So make sure, make sure, make sure that you have your quiet time before you call a ship. Make sure you have a quiet time. Make sure you, 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 you have a personal relationship with God before you call a ship and try to help the ship to have a personal relationship with God. You do yourself a lot of favor. Amen. So we need the zeal, we demonstrate the zeal of God by volunteering in the house. Amen. So Bishop in the book says that a volunteer is an example of someone zealous for the Lord. Without the zeal of the Lord, you will not be able to combine secular work and ministry. You need the zeal of God to be able to combine these two things. Amen. When, that's Bishop, when he was a medical student, he needed extra zeal to add any non-medical activity to his Christian life. Indeed, it took the zeal of the Lord to start the church through witnessing and door-to-door evangelism. Every step of the lay ministry was a step of great zeal and faith in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I believe that anybody who has the zeal of the Lord will do the work of God. Unless you do not, when we see, when we see you and you are sitting in church doing nothing, it, all that it tells us is that all that others need to know about you is that you don't have the zeal of the Lord. Because if you read, I, I believe in Isaiah uh, chapter nine, verse six downwards, Bible talk about uh, the the rulership of Jesus. He shall be called the mighty uh, counselor, everlasting, and all that thing. But when he when that verse finished in verse seven, he said, "The zeal of the Lord shall accomplish this." What does that mean? That if by the zeal that God Jesus will have for the Lord, He will accomplish all these things. Amen. So when you do not have the zeal of God, you don't accomplish anything for God. Amen. So when you truly have the zeal of God, you will do something. So you actually you are sitting in the church and not doing anything reflects or shows that you do not have the zeal of the Lord. When I, whenever I see somebody working in the church, it tells me a lot about the person's zeal for God. Amen. And we must also identify the people who do not have zeal and encourage them to join. Amen. When, when I see Brandy praying to keyboard at the same time and at the same time he's strutting somewhere, I see the zeal of God. Because nobody is paying for what he's doing. Nobody is paying him. It must be the zeal of God. I mean, if the church is paying, I'll tell, oh, the church is encouraging him to use his skill. But the church is not paying him. It's the zeal of God. Amen. For, for us to see Reverend Combine church and medical work, ah, it must be the zeal of God. Because his colleagues and they know the time to wrestle. But he is here work with us, teaching us. It must be the zeal of God. So if you want to learn zeal, look at him. When he's preaching, you will look, look at me, even young man. Look at the way I'm preaching. When he's preaching, you see the zeal of God. Amen. You see the, you see, you see the zeal of God in him and the passion that he has for God. Amen. And so all of us must look at him. It's a true example. Do not look at anybody else. Look at him. That he has to combine. Look, he's a married person. <laughs> a, a, a father, actually, yes. And the church, a pastor of a church. Before he has learning things to learn and patience to take care of. I mean, look at it. It must, it must be the zeal of the Lord. Because 
He, has, he already has enough on his table to say that I have, I have to rest. Amen. Or you could probably say that I'm saving life in the hospital, so I'm doing the work of God. For him to combine this with, it must be the zeal of God. And let us look at the example that he's setting, a copy. And our life will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. When you volunteer in the church as, or when you work in the church as a volunteer, you demonstrate hard work. Amen. You demonstrate hard work. Again, uh, in NLT, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Another sign of a spiritual person is a hard-working person. If you are spiritual, you work so hard. If you are not spiritual, you will be a dull person. One of the ways I detect that I'm going, I'm not, I, don't, I don't feel like, it's when I feel dull. It's, it's, I'm, I'm so not happy by being there. Or maybe I'm studying and my studying is going there. No, I say, no, no, no. I need something to energize myself. Then I have to listen to, stop the learning and listen to message so that I feel spiritual again. And I, I feel, anytime I, I feel that, I know that, oh, I'm, the spirit of God is not with me. So I have to do something to bring the presence of God again. So when you are spiritual, you'll be hardworking. Because God himself and the Holy Spirit himself, they're always working hard. You see, many, many people who are bosses do not work so long, for long hours. God, God himself works six, six days non-stop. And then the Bible says that he rested on the seventh day. How many times do you rest? You see. So when, when, when you, are, you are spiritual, you work hard. Amen. Amen. Spirituality is a sign. When, when you are spiritual, you work hard for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So for you to combine preaching and teaching with the work that you are doing, it's a sign that you are hard working. You see, many people say, oh, I work, like often when you go to work, you say, oh, me, I work over time, so I'm hard working. And they say you come into church that you, you are a lazy person. But you see, even hard work is your ability to combine many things and do it at the same time. And do it with less stress. You see? So when you are doing job and you are doing overtime, you are doing maybe 16 hours at work, and I'm doing 8 hours, and I'm combining church to it, uh, school, and also beloved dozing. I mean, I mean it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. A simple person cannot have such a thing. That I'm thinking about book, I'm thinking about work, and I'm thinking about church, and I'm thinking about the other person. It's a lot of work. Amen. Even, even further is that when you are married, you have children. Then you are thinking about church, you are thinking about work, and then you are thinking about your wife and your wife and your children. It's a lot of work. Amen. It demonstrates your ability to combine a lot of things and still be the same. Many of us, when we have two things, we can't stay the same. You usually get confused. So when you see somebody combining a lot of things, it's a sign that the person is hardworking. Amen. So when you go to work and they are paying you and you are working overtime, it's the money which is motivating you to work hard. 
do not tell me you are hardworking. I mean, I disagree on, with everyone on that level that by working overtime at work and getting the overtime money is hard work. I disagree with you. Because me, if I don't have that, you cannot work more than me. If I don't have maybe to come to church or any other thing like school, oh, I also sleep at work. I will not work, but I will sleep there. So that you know that I'm hardworking. Amen. I, I, I will sleep there so that you know that I, I, I work so hard. Amen. So when you see somebody say, oh, I work, do, do, not, be, do, not, be, do not get worried. True hard work is your ability to combine a lot of things. Even to add something that you are not being paid for. Amen. It's a sign that you are hardworking. So as you are sitting here, you may never know. You are a zealous person. And you are a very hardworking person. And that's how we see. So, you know, you, a lot of people who do not work in the church, they are the people who always say they are tired at home. Oh, I've worked, I'm tired, I have to rest. They are lazy people. Lazy people. It, you, your, your, your resting does not show anything other than laziness. You are so lazy. It's laziness. Do not say that you are tired. All of us went to work. All of us, uh, even you, we, we, in addition to the going to work, we went to visit people. And we are still in the church. You are saying you are tired. Who are you? You are lazy. You are lazy. You are lazy. Amen. You see, most of the time we read scriptures in the Bible, but we do not understand. Look at Jesus. Jesus said he was going to heal somebody. On his way, he had to add somebody on top, the woman with the issue of blood, and then heal the person. Then before, so when you and Jesus met at Jairus' home, you probably think that Jesus dressed from home and he came there. But what you don't know is that this man is so hardworking. He hit somebody on the way. He stopped by hit the person, hit the person, and then come to Jesus and hit the person. So you come there and meet Jesus. Oh, he's just walking about from his home. He's coming to Jesus. Let's identify the people who are who worked hard. Jesus worked hard. Paul worked so hard, and God Himself worked so hard. And let us learn. All these people who work so hard are complex people. So when you are in church and we give, even give you one work and you say you can't, you cannot handle it. Or you cannot combine now because of my school. I have a school work. You are a lazy person. It's just so that you are, you are a lazy person. Or because I have work to do so I cannot handle church work. You are a lazy person. Because the people, all of, all of us who are working in the church, we are not being paid and we are still combining the two. So who, show me who is hardworking. Show me who is hardworking. So when you, when you do not volunteer in the church, one of the things that is reviews about you is your laziness. You are you're a lazy person. You can, you can, you see, and even, even to even help somebody who, who you will not benefit from. You see, so Paul said uh, to, to the people, if you want to demonstrate your hard working, be concerned about other, other people, not just your own. If, even if, if you are concerned about your children, we know that those are your children, you have a genuine care for them. But to, to extend their care from you to another people, it's a sign that you are hard working. To take another person's problem upon yourself, and handle that person's problem and still be cool as though there's nothing happening. It's a sign that you're hardworking. Amen. So many people say, oh, I'm hardworking. But they're not doing anything to show that they're hardworking. You are in church, you are only doing one thing. You, are not, you must be a complex person. The same way God hates fornication, God hates simplicity. God hates somebody who is simple. You cannot combine a lot of things. God hates, the same way God hates sin, God hates something. So anybody who is simple, you will see that the person will be destroyed. You, are, you can only do one thing at a time. You don't even become a great person in life. That you, you always want to, if you are sleeping, it's only sleeping. 
But you cannot sleep and listen to message at the same time. I mean, I mean, you, you, you can see that you will not become a great person. It will not belong and you identify yourself that you are not. Great people are people who multitask. Do a different thing at the same time. And you can say, if you are a student who cannot listen to message at the same time you are learning, you cannot be spiritual because school work will take all of your life. Amen. So when you want to see somebody's hard working, see somebody who is combining a lot of things and still maintaining the cool. Because as for problem, all of us have problems. But to come on and say that, oh, I want to take the church problem up upon myself again, it must tell a lot about you. It reveals a lot about you. Amen. Also, another scripture that we need to analyze very well is the scripture of the uh, what do you call it? The virtuous woman. One thing does not make a person virtuous. It's not only humility or because she cooked for the husband. A lot of things. She'll be able to rise up in the morning, go and bring food home, so close for the family, then become godly woman again. It must be a lot of work. It must be a lot of work. So you said you want to be a virtuous woman and you are sleeping always. You nobody can <laughs> you're only doing one thing at a time. You are, you are not you are not there's no you are, you, are not, you, are, you are not going near virtuousness. Amen. You said you, you want to be a virtuous woman. It's a lot of work. A lot of work. It must come with you being able to rise up early in the morning. I mean, I mean today I wonder how many women will go out in the, in the snow and say they are going to bring food to the family uh, or to the husband. No wonder, no wonder the Bible says the person is hard to find. A virtuous woman so hard to find. Amen. You want, you want to be a virtuous woman, it depends on hard working. You must be able to work so hard. Amen. And anybody who also wants to be with God must be a hard working because God is hard working. Amen. The Holy Spirit is a moving person. And if you want to have the Holy Spirit, you must be a hard working person to catch up. Amen. Amen. You must be hard working to be able to combine a lot of things and then Work. So, bishops say in the book again, a volunteer sets the example of hard work. It is hard work to preach and teach the word of God and at the same time do secular duties. A lazy person can never be a successful lay person. Many lay pastors are exhausted and weary after a day of combined effort. Amen. Amen. As chapter 20, verse 35. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You, sh- you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. All of us must re- remember this. Remember this. That it is not enough to take care of what belongs to you if you want to show that you are hardworking. Amen. It's, it's take other things upon yourself. So Some of us can do more. Actually, what, what we are doing is, is our sub-minimal level. Amen. We can do more for God. We can do more. And let us not... You see, when somebody is not doing it, then you go on and do your work. Do as much as you can do for the Lord. Because at the end, you will be rewarded for that. Amen. We must be hard-working. You need hard work. You must work hard in the church. Amen. So when somebody came, I'm hard-working. Tell you, what do you do in the church? When the person cannot tell you point blank that I do this in the church, the person is a lazy person. 
do not consider the person as somebody working. You work overtime at work, so you are hard working. Do something that you let's see you. Something you are not being paid for, let's see whether you are hard working. Let's even see whether you'll be here on time to do what you are supposed to do. Because money, that's for money that you take it daily. Stay there late. When church closes, don't you see the people who live early? You see. If you are hard working, you will stay in your tiredness. Because at times I have to go to work, go to school, and then come to church. Stay here late, and I'll be the last person to leave. I must be a hard working person to do that. Amen. The third thing that Bishop says is that working as a volunteer in the church demonstrates the nature of Christ in you. Amen. Amen. If you work as a volunteer in the church, it demonstrates Christ in you. Volunteers are an example of Christ. Amen. Amen. So as you are here, you are setting an example of Christ as you are working in the church. You are setting an example of Christ Jesus. Amen. You are living a life of Christ. Amen. The people who were called Christians, the Bible says that they saw them doing something. It's not by just sitting down and saying we are Christians, we follow Christ, we follow Christ. They were doing something that shows. Amen. So let's stop this thing that I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. What shows that you are a Christian? Probably we should say you are a Buddhist because when you sit down, you close your leg. And <laughs> we, say, we say you are, because, because a lot of times you say you are doing meditation. But that's what you are doing. Because that's what actually refer that the person is a, is a, a Buddhist. Yeah, huh? That's what you are, you are instructing people to do. Because when you come to church, you are always, always meditating. Because you there, you have things to think about. Amen. But as if you volunteer in the church, you are doing something actively in the church. It shows that you have the nature of Christ in you. Jesus gave up his life and had no thought of his own well-being. Amen. Jesus gave up his life. He did not think of anything to, to even think of it that he has a life. Amen. Amen. Jesus gave his life. So as you are giving your time to serve people in the church, you are demonstrating the nature of God. And as you can see, Jesus wasn't paid for any work that he did. He did not pay. Even I, I wonder, only women gave him offering. So what about the men? Who has money? And people, to when they are giving you things and they are giving you, they are giving you without you asking. I mean, if Jesus is saying, bring $10,000, I mean, people will give. But if they are giving out of their way, so this man, he can make money. He can take money from the amount of it, so $5, $10. They don't even give well. So you will see, when a pastor should stand here and say that, oh, today we are taking offering by hand. Who can give $50 and this thing? You see, the offering will go high. Pass the basket and see. People put whatever they want to put in it. Amen. So, you do not forget the scripture in the, in, the, in the Bible that Jesus was at the temple when they were collecting offering. All the rich people came. Five dollars, they go. Five dollars, they go. A rich man who, like, be, be we can, uh, uh, be gate, be gate, be gate, sorry, who could give more than maybe Thousand to support the work of God. When he come, oh, this is a church. Ten dollars. <laughs> then he's gone. But a widow came from afar. He just said, ah, surely this woman has done so well. Amen. Amen. So when, 
when you also, you also volunteer in the church, you have the nature of Christ because nobody is paying you. Because Jesus, not, none, none of the things that he came benefited him. What do you think Jesus benefited from? All, everything that he did was for us. Because he, of his own right, he was equal with God. You see, he, he, you see, coming on earth will not change his position in heaven because already he, he was there. You see, he has been with the Father. He has seen the glory of the Father. But the Bible says he took upon himself this form to come on earth. Because, you see, some of us, when we have things, we don't think about others. So we see people in need in the church. We do not even care about their needs. But Jesus went down or came down to our level to care for our need. Because we're dead in sin. We owe a lot of things to God. You owe God your life. Amen. Amen. So when, when you, you, you take that nature upon you and you say, I'm doing something for God without being paid, you are demonstrating the true nature of Christ. So a Christian is not somebody who sits in church and sings. Or you come to church, praise and worship, you dance. I mean, don't, do not be motivated by people who dance a lot in church. Some of them, they have a lot of sorrow. They come and dance the sorrow off. And they go back home. Do you see? Do not, do not be deceived because, uh, look, a lot of things, if, if, for instance, if you look at somebody who is choleric, you may think that person is spiritual, but the person is not spiritual at all. When you, sing a, when you see a sanguine, you see that the person doesn't have any problem at all. Do you see? A lot of things that we see, they, are, they mimic spirituality. Like you somebody, I mean, the person is, always, when the person is a doer, like, moving person. But this person probably has not have even quite time. You see? But we see somebody who rather spiritual by his um, 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 uh, cool person. You see? And you say, oh, this person doesn't have zeal. Make sure you compare their works. Because the person who is choleric and a doer, when you, you put him in the front, you move things. He may not be spiritual at all. So you can't miss... Control those that say, oh, this person that I'm seeing that is spiritual. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. It doesn't show the person's spirituality at all. Look carefully at what they are doing. I mean, you see probably some of us who pose here that we are spiritual. When you get to them, you don't, there's nothing Christian about you. There's nothing Christian. I mean, if you call you right now and say scriptures, you don't even, this morning, quiet time, you don't even have your quiet time. But, but, but you are here. Amen. Amen. And you see people too, some people too, they are like, they are sanguinous. And everything, they are, they are delighting the environment. So you see that them doing everything around, everywhere, they are there. They also think that this person is spiritual, but they are not. In fact, some of, some of, they are the dangerous part. You see, they talk a lot. So everything they try to contribute, I mean, I think in Ghana, <laughs> I, I can give a lot of examples that are people I know, but maybe probably, I don't know where probably they will hear this in. Um, um. But let's, you see, take temperament into consideration when you are looking at somebody's. You see, somebody like Peter like this, he talk a lot. But when you look at the person who truly have relationship with Jesus was John. He was a silence when you, but Peter, oh, everything he will talk, everything he will talk. No one has Satan will enter him. Amen. You see? So, 
take tempra temperament into consideration very well when you are seeing, like you see somebody like Brajon, he's cool. Cool. But if somebody tells you that you, you call the face and say, oh, Brajon already called me, you'll be surprised. Hey, Brajon was ahead of you. Do you see? So let's take those things into consideration when you are interpreting spirituality. So you see people in the church. Hey, look, another thing is that uh, the person who is not doing something in the church is doing something somewhere. The person who's, who pretends as though they don't have time, they're doing something somewhere. Doing something somewhere. Maybe go to all students' union. You'll see how they volunteer there. Very, very active people. You'll be surprised that, hey, is it the same person that you were talking about in the church? Amen. He said, he, Jesus Christ gave his everything to fulfill the will of his father. Today, every step you take in lay ministry is a step towards being like Christ, the Savior. Bishop said, I honor lay pastors because they are good examples of Christ Jesus. Amen. And you must desire to be like Christ. You must desire to have the nature of Christ. If at the end of your Christian life, uh, your work with God, you don't become like Christ, you are failed. Always desire to have a nature. If there's, you have read the Bible and there's something about Christ you have seen, copy it and make sure you do it. Amen. If the Bible says, Jesus, stay awake and pray, stay awake and pray. Amen. If Jesus fasted, fast. fast. No, Christians don't fast. Oh. fast, fast. They do not fast. Oh. I'm telling you, Christians do not fast. Ah. Amen. Paul said, be ye followers of me, as I'm a follower of Christ. Amen. Amen. So there are some people, oh, they will say a lot of things, but actually, Matthew 23, I think verse 1, I'm, I'm sure it's a scripture. But are you being blessed? Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Oh, Matthew 23. 1, 1. Then Jesus spake to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you, observe. That observe. No, all therefore, whatsoever they bid you, observe. That observe and do. But do ye, but do not ye after their works, for they, they say and do not. I think you can give us a better version than this, please. Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they, do, they don't practice what they teach. May that be, not be our story in Jesus' name. When Jesus came and he preached, everything that Jesus preached, he did them. He did not just come and talk and, and go. Assuming Jesus came and talked and, and did not die, do you think we'll be here? Nobody will follow. You see, when you look at the church, it seems that Lighthouse has a lot of doctors. 
like a lot of people in the church are doctors and lawyers. Look at the people who took the lead. Probably doctors, all doctors, Bishop Saki is a doctor, Bishop, uh, Bishop Saki is a lawyer, uh, Auntie Mami was a lawyer, uh, Bishop himself is a doctor. So you can see that these are the uh, group of people. What you sacrifice for will attract people. Yes. What you sacrifice, the things that you sacrifice will bring people. So when you see them, you say, ah, something must, comp- must be in Christ. That's why these people have left their profession and they are serving God. Amen. Amen. So let's set good examples. Do not, if Azumi Bishop is talking, you are a doctor, leave your profession and come. But he himself doesn't sacrifice. Who will listen to him? Probably, he probably that he, because he's not a doctor, that's why he's, he's jealous about doctors and want them to come. But now he has every confidence to tell you <laughs> that come, you, the, the medical profession is nothing. Come and serve God. Ask. Do you see? Amen. So let's follow the example of Christ and let's demonstrate Christ by serving as volunteers in the church. Amen. If you volunteer, when you volunteer in the church, or when you work in the church as a volunteer, you demonstrate a pattern of good works. Bible says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. If you do not know any good work that God has created you for, volunteer in the church and do anything. Anything at all in the church. As long as you are working in the church, it's a good thing. So long as you are building with Christ, it's a good work. So you, you, you may not know what God has called you to do. Just volunteer and do anything in the church. If Reverend say, do this, just do it. Probably that's the will of God for you. Amen. Amen. So when you volunteer in the church, it demonstrates a pattern of good works. Amen. That, how, how good it is that what God has created you, you are doing it. You see? How, is, is it not so nice that when God created, if God created you to be uh, somebody who cleaned the church, you are doing it? It's a good work. I, I read this book uh, by Rujana, I think, um, The Touch and the Sword. He met a man in the book by name Thomas Kempis. Thomas Kempis was a cleaner, a gardener in, in the church. He wasn't a preacher, but. God said, that's all, Christ said, oh, that, that's all that I call him to do in the church. Now, our church, we don't have garden. We have bathrooms. Do you see? So if you find yourself clean there, do not think that it's lesser than the work that the pastor is doing. Maybe that's the ministry. Why is it that not many people have that desire to go there? But you are the, one, you are the only person that God has touched your heart to go. Probably that's your call. Probably that's the call that God has for you. And do it well. And he said that that man is the greatest. He's the one working with Christ now that we are. But the people who were preaching, we don't know any of them that were working with Christ. Thomas Kempis, that was what God has called him to do. To just be cleaning the church. Cleaning. He, no, he also worked, cook for the people to eat. That was just it. Amen. So it's, it's, it's a sign that you are working in, you are working in the path that God has created for you. Yes. Bible says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen. Amen. So when you are volunteering in the church, you are demonstrating that good work that God has created you for. Amen. Amen. Then the last one, 
Working as a volunteer in the church demonstrates works which shall be remembered in a good way, even when you, the person is dead. Amen. When you work in the church as a volunteer, you are demonstrating good works which shall be remembered in a way, even when you are dead as a person. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Amen. Amen. Whatsoever work you are doing, it will follow you. It will follow you. When the books were open in heaven, there were books open for works. Amen. So the Bible says that we shall account for every work that we have done in our body. So the things that you are doing in in church, they count. They count. When you get to heaven, or when we get to heaven, they do count. Just like what you are working uh, what you are working at your workplace may not count. You see, but Reverend referred as work for living and the work after living. So what you are doing now is, we call it, you are working for a living. So what are you doing as a person for after living? You see? But many of us seem to think that this all of our life. But life is more than this. If we are just created to come and live give birth and die, then we are nothing. You see, God has a better plan for us than to see. So Bible says, let's set our affections on things above, not on things here. You have to look beyond this present word because nothing, nothing that you are working for here will go up with you. We have, in, my, in, in my short life as a young boy, I've seen people die, rich people, young, none of them went with their cars. None of them. What will truly follow you is what you have done for God. So when you see somebody ushering the church, you will see, you get to heaven. And you see that people will be ushering him in the kingdom of God. Because that's what God has given him. And he was faithful with it and God will take the person. Amen. Amen. So when you, you work, do not think that, oh, people will see it and people don't appreciate it. If I appreciate you, you have received your reward. You want, me to, you want us to come for you for work well done. Then you have received your reward. You are off because that's what you observe. You, you see, people also work and they, they expect their pay. You see, when you get a pay from man, man you are okay. But I think in the church, what, what must be our desire? We are working in expectation of the reward from God. And that's a true reward that you can get. A reward that will never perish. Amen. So when you work in the church, what you are demonstrating is that you are, you are demonstrating a work which will never perish. A work which will follow you when you die. So the Bible says that this is what we say. Say unto the people, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on that they may rest from their labor because their works do follow them. So as much as uh, just what, how, how I put it is that if your, your work as maybe a doctor cannot follow you into your coffin. 
your certificate cannot follow you. There is a work that can maneuver its way and, and come into heaven. The Bible says all things are possible to God. With God, all things are possible. Just as it was easy for God to put a camera through the eye of a needle, your works will maneuver and get to you in heaven. Amen. Amen. So don't lose hope of what you are doing in the church. Let us continue zealously serving God. Amen. Knowing that our labor is not in vain. Amen. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 that God is not unrighteous to forget your works and the labor of love which he has shown towards his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is not unrighteous. God is not unrighteous. God is not a, is not a man that he will forget. Men will forget. But God will never forget you. So be encouraged. Though men will not see it in the church, or what you are saying is of no signal to men, God value it. The things that we do in church, it matters. It matters. So what we do, say a lot about us. Good and faithful servants is because of what they did. Not because of what they, they, they said. The guy probably wasn't punished. The one with one talent wasn't punished because of what he said to the master. It's what he did with his talent. You see, because the master said, you know that I'm a wicked man. Yes, I know that I'm a wicked man. You see, I know that I'm a wicked man. But why did you go and put my money with uh, the bank so that when I come, I'll receive an interest? It's what he did with the talent. So let's stop talking oh, um, and do something for God because it, what you do matters. The God, God, the God who created you is watching. Bible says we are surrounded by so great crowd of witnesses. A lot of people are watching and it tells them how you are. We may see you as oh, because we are man, we will see you outward, that outwardly you are running in the church. But the true person who is watching is God. And he's the one you are, going to stand, you are going to stand in front of. You can never escape from him because his eye is open over everywhere. Seeing everywhere the way it is. And so the work that we, we, are, we are doing, even volunteer, do it well. Do it well. Do not say because I'm not paid, I will do it any, anyhow. Do it well. Like Reverend will say, if he's singing, make sure you invest a lot of, if training money and everything, invest a lot into it and make it work. Just make it fit for the master's use. Make it something that is pleasing to God. Because, you see, your offering can be accepted based on how you present it. You see, somebody went to give a pastor offering and said, I'm giving this offering to the church. And he said that, okay, you can decide to give it to the church and receive a receipt. And give it to me and receive a blessing. You see, so, yeah, okay, I've come to give you an offering. But the offering, I don't know whether to give it to you or to the church. They said, oh, I bring this offering. I said, oh, if, you, if it is to me, bring it and receive a blessing. By the church, take it and receive a receipt. <laughs> Amen. So, please, let's, let's, let's not lose hope in what we are doing. God is watching. Man may not see, but God is watching. And always be concerned. One of the things that is always on my mind is that scripture that God is watching with I'm surrounded by so great crowd of witnesses. I say, hey, hey, 
Moses, if Moses gets me this action that I'm doing, will he pardon me? When, if Apostle Paul will see me and the way I'm evangelizing, will he be happy with me? If Barnabas will uh, catch me and me complaining, will he be happy? If, if the person that we laugh a lot at, uh, the guy who escaped to Nineveh, what is his name? Jonah. Jonah will see me and the way I'm doing the work of God sluggishly. What will he say to me? But make sure you, what you are, you'll be surprised that you will face all these people. You will face all of them. You, you will face all of them. And every question that you cannot answer, they will pass it to another person. Because one day I went to an interview and <laughs> I gave an answer, they passed me to another person that was the professor of that course. He, he said, oh, you spoil my, you spoil me, cry. You see, I couldn't pass this one. So the, I answered the question using this person's lecture notes. He passed me on to the man. So since I failed here, he gave me to this person. He dealt with me very well. Amen. So in the same way, if you go and stand before God and could not answer, they will tell you this person has overcome this tribulation. So what, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? He was also a human being like you. What do you have to say? So you cannot, you cannot do what God has given you. You get there, you will also see, uh, what is his name? Lot. Self-control. A lot to tell you have done self-control. You have to answer. You have to answer why you cannot control yourself. Do you say, are you saying you are a human? That's for God. You say, oh, you are angels, so do you don't have those feelings. But I said that. Man to man. You will see. He will tell you that in the midst of it. So you are the temptation to go into those acts. Resist it. You have to resist them. Amen. You have to do everything possible to do your work well. Whether it's, it's Perhaps whatsoever we do, whether eating or drinking, do it as unto the Lord, to the glory of, to the glory of God. Must do everything to the glory of God. Your, the prayer, how you pray, how you evangelize, how you visit people. Oh, nobody is paying you for it. So you can decide to be at home and call people and uh, I don't have money. But do everything possible to let somebody be saved. Amen. Because Paul and Barnabas, after witnessing to people, they went to visit the people. You must demonstrate that because when you stand before them, you are, you are without excuse. You are without excuse. The Bible says, if God spared not the angels, how much more we? If God does, did not spare the angels who misbehave, how much, how much has? And a lot have done, has been done for us. Let's look at what has been done for us and try. If You cannot repay, but try and do something to compensate. Amen. Amen. So this evening, what I will say as I end the message is that do your work well as a volunteer. Do your work well. Stop a lot of talking and a lot of bragging around and do your work well. Show, show that, show your faith by your works and not by your talking. Show what you believe by what you do and not by what you, you come to church and say. Do you see? Show, be, be true to yourself. Be true to yourself. Acknowledge what you cannot do, where you need help. Get help from somebody who can do it well. And polish your work. And make it presentable to God. And God will bless you. Shall we rise up to our feet? Amen.
say is that our relationship is not with men, but it's with God. And everything that we do, must we must ensure that our relationship with God is solid. So tonight, you know yourself. You know your heart. You know where your deficiencies are. You know what you are not doing well. You know that as you are volunteering in the church, you are not doing it well. I want you to pray and ask God for help to do his work well. 
ask God to help you to do it like, just like you are doing it like somebody who is being paid. Ask God to help you. Ask God to strengthen you. That it will not just be a cliche, but something that you are doing it as somebody who will be rewarded. Father, help us in the name of Jesus. Help us. May we not do your work, O God, like we do the work of men. Help us and forgive us in the many ways, O God, we have failed you. You die for us. You purchase us with your blood. But this is how we repay you. Do your work anyhow. Lord, show us your mercy. Change our hearts. Turn our hearts to your work again, O Lord. We thank you for your mercy. Spirit, anoint us for this work, O God. For we cannot do it on our own. We tried, O God, and we tried, O God, but we have failed. We ask for your help this evening. Father, pour your spirit upon each and every one of us here in the name of Jesus. Anoint us for this great work in the name of Jesus. Indeed, it's a privilege to work for you. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful, Lord. Lord, anoint those of us who are not anointed. Put your spirit upon us. Let your zeal come to us, O God. Whatsoever we need, O God, to quicken us. You said we shall, our spirit shall be quickened by your spirit. For it is your spirit that quickeneth. And our flesh will not profit us. Father, I pray that every flesh shall be dead in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit arise upon your church. Let your work be revived. Revive us in the name of Jesus. Pour upon us your spirit afresh to do your work. Break our hearts, O God. We made it, O God. Let it be fit for your use. We thank you for what you have done in our life this evening. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Every head bow. You are here. You are not born again. As we are talking about a relationship with Christ, you do not have a relationship with God. In fact, when if you should die tonight, or if God should come tonight and take all of us, you don't know where you are going. Bible says, at the judgment day, every knee will bow. But make sure your knee doesn't bow too late. You have no relationship with God. But you want to have a relationship with Christ today. Bible says, anyone who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want to call upon Jesus and say, Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the son of God. You died for my sins. I want to have a relationship with you. For Bible says, scarcely for a good man will somebody even dare to die. Scarcely. You will not get anyone to die. Bible says, greater love has no man than this. I want to experience this greater love from you. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord, the personal Savior. I want you to lift up your hand and let me pray with you. You want to receive. Do not be shy of the person standing by you. When you stand in heaven, you are going to stand alone. Your friend is not going to stand by you. And you are going to account for your life, what you have done with this life that God has given you. 
Jesus will say to you, I have given you my love. You have not responded to it. For that you will be punished. So you are here. You do not have a relationship with God. But I want to say, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to surrender my life to you. Do not be shy. Do not be shy. Your, your salvation is very, very important. Very, very important than the food you are going to eat at home. Your salvation is very, very important. And you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Lift your hand. Lift your hand and let me pray with you. Okay, I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, thank you I thank you for the gift of salvation. For the gift of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus for, dying for, me. for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus for dying for a sinner like me. Dying for a sinner like I, receive your love. I receive your love. I receive your goodness I receive your goodness into my life. I want to have a relationship with you. So Jesus, please come and live in my life. Come and be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. Take it, oh God. And mold it. And make it fit for your use. Use me, oh God, to do your work. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? And be seated in the presence of God. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.